Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode as we learn, grow, and flourish together as a community of women. Hi, this is Penny. Thanks for being with me today for the Flourish Podcast. If I were to title this podcast today, I would call it, Am I a Grasshopper? I want to talk a little bit about the story of when God's people, Israel, were leaving Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt for so many years, and then God used Moses to bring them out and away from Pharaoh and all of the intense labor and horrific life that they were living there. And he said, okay, I'm going to use Moses and and bring you to freedom. So he leads them out. All kind of miraculous things happen, you know, the plagues that come against the Pharaoh and the people of Egypt and um, Passover when God rescues the firstborn of all the people of Israel. And like just incredibly uh, miraculous things that certainly could not be natural. They had to be supernatural. So these people have witnessed all of this all along, miracle after miracle. But yet we see as they go through the river that God basically completely caused to stand up on end so that they could walk through it on dry land. Even after that fact, they were fearful and not willing to take him at his word or believe him. They chose unbelief. Even in the midst of seeing God do all these things to help them and bless them and to bring them into freedom. So they leave Egypt. We see in the book of Numbers, chapter 13, verse 1, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send out for yourself men, so that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I am going to give to the sons of Israel. He makes it very clear, I'm giving this to you, but I want you to send out some spies to check it out, see what all's there, kind of make a plan. And But he had every intention that he was going to give this land to his people. So we move on, chapter 13, verse 30. They come back, they go for 40 days, they're in the land of Canaan, and they're spying it out, and they're finding all this amazing, they said it was a land of milk and honey, fruit, you know, galore, and just a wonderful land. But they find some other things that intimidate them. So on verse 30, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. Verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are too strong for us. Verse 32, so they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone, in spying it out, is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. And then one of a verse that I spoke often to my kids as they were growing up is Numbers 13.33. And it says, "There there also we saw the Nephilim 
and we became like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Wow. If you really examine that verse, it's really a mouthful. Then they go on to chapter 14, and they all just wail and cry, and they even try to appoint their own leader to take them back to be slaves again in Egypt. That's the how the depth of their, un, how deep their unbelief was, again, in spite of the fact that they had seen incredible miracles to get them to the point that they were. So Joshua and Caleb, who were the ones that said, no, we can do this thing. God said we can, we can. Yes, there's giants there, but we can do it. And they said the land was good. God was with them. God was going to give them the land. You know, they said the protection from the giants had been removed from God. And the spies and the people, they they provoked the people and they actually wanted to stone Joshua and Caleb because they gave a good report. But in the midst of all this chaos, it says the glory of God appeared in the tent of meeting and he said, how long will they not believe in me? Despite all the signs which I have performed in their midst, he was telling Moses he was going to smite them for their unbelief, but Moses interceded for them. And he just really asked God to spare them. And so God did not immediately kill them all off. But all of the ones that were older, that had seen all the signs and wonders and refused to believe God, they never made it into the promised land because of their unwillingness to take him at his word. And those who brought the bad report, they died by plague. So I shared that story to say that Seeing ourselves as insignificant, incapable, and small in light of and in the face of God's promise and his declaration of the opposite is not a virtue. It's an enemy. And God calls it sin. Look how serious he took that type of unwillingness to take him at his word. Look how serious God took that. In this story, not only did the people who refused to take God seriously and to believe him, not only did it affect their lives in a horrible way, but so many around them also, they were able to just get people to join in their belief systems and in in their thinking and to buy into their story about how they could never do this thing because they were just grasshoppers. So in our current situations, Not only has God given us Jesus to take away our sin, the Holy Spirit to be with us every day and to guide us and speak to us and help us and encourage us and lead us in truth, but he has made provision. He's given us every promise that we need, the Bible says in 2 Peter 1.3, that pertains to our life and our godliness. So anything you or I need, just like in the day of Canaan when they we're going to take that land. And God said, I've taken the protection off these giants. I've got you. I'm going to deal with this for you. God for us has given us everything we need. He's, He's got us covered. However, we often see ourselves as grasshoppers in our own sight. And then we become grasshoppers in the sight of our enemies and in the sight of others. I used to tell my kids You know, when they would get real self-deprecating and negative, which I've done myself plenty of times, that 
when you see yourselves as a grasshopper and you see yourself as worthless and insecure and having no value, other people actually do see you that way. It's contagious. It's like you you send out the opposite of faith and it influences the environment and people around you. And they do begin to see you in the same negative light that you are actually believing for, that you are actually holding fast to and holding on to. You're, you're choosing to see yourself as meaningless, worthless, a little grasshopper. And then in turn, other people respond in kind. Many times we believe it's normal, reasonable, even humble to see ourselves as losers, incapable, fearful, incredibly weak. We think we're being honest and realistic, perhaps, and just so very humble. But in reality, yes, that promised land was full of giants, and it was full of enemies. Just like we face real-life difficult situations in our life on a regular basis. God, however, had told them to go and possess it and that he would go with them and take care of them. And again, he took it so seriously that they refused to do so. But they got caught up in their own perspective and in their own fear. We can't allow ourselves to do that. I so often say the greatest thing we do to please God is to look at his word, to look at what he says, and to take him for face value at that word and to do what he says based on that word and not based on our frailties or our weaknesses or our circumstances. Yes, they exist. Yes, they're real. I have legitimate weaknesses, legitimate frailties, legitimate lacks. If I allowed myself to be moved by my lack or by my weakness, I would do very little to influence anyone else. I would shrink back just like those faithless spies and I'd play it safe pretty much every time. If I allowed myself to get caught up in the grasshopper thinking and to really believe that, you know what, I just don't have what it takes. I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to go there. But the only way we do exploits and really make a difference in the lives of our family, our children, our friends, our church, people that need Jesus is by taking him at his word and allowing him to do things through us that we can't do on our own. Hebrews 3.12 references the Exodus story, and it says, Take care, brethren, that there not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart. Wow. He calls unbelief evil that falls away from the living God. When you don't believe him, you're falling away from him. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, as long as you're still alive, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Then in verse 15, he says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as when they provoked me. He's talking about back in the spies and the people that refused to go into the promised land. For who provoked him when they had heard? Indeed, did not all those who came out of Egypt, led by Moses, and with whom was he angry for 40 years? 
Was it not with those who sinned and whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were not able to enter because of unbelief. Wow. Unbelief will stop you in your tracks. It will stop you from being an effective wife, an effective mother, an effective friend, an effective witness of who Jesus really is, an effective lover. It will stop you from everything that God has for you and that has he's given to you and made you to be. Verse chapter 4 verse 11 says, "Therefore let us be diligent to enter that rest so that none will fall through following the same example of disobedience. That rest he's talking about is faith. It's belief. It's belief that God is everything he said he is, that he's going to do for you everything he said he would. And yes, that's a battle. Just like the people back then, it was a battle. And many of them, other than Joshua and Caleb, chose to take the, the weak way out, the easy way out. It wasn't easy in the long run, but in their minds, it was the easy way out by just saying, nah, this is too much. Can't handle it. It's over my head. It's above my pay grade. I just can't do it. But it's critical for us to learn what the Bible says about us, our circumstances and our responsibilities, and then be willing to believe God for his promise rather than live like grasshoppers. We don't want to be grasshoppers. We want to be brave. We want to be fighters. We want to go after. The Bible says the kingdom of God is taken by the violent, and violent men take it by force. In my mind, that verse has always meant that you have to go after it. You can't just be complacent and apathetic and think that all will go well and that you will inherit the promise of God for your life or your family. You have to go after it. You have to believe big. You have to fight off the enemies the giants in the land, and you cannot be a grasshopper. There's a call for each of us to live under his vision and his mandate and to believe big for the ability to walk in his amazing provision and plan. Obviously, the plan he had for the people in Exodus was one that required a vision and a willingness to look beyond what they saw in the natural. The same thing applies to us. So again, we need to remember how serious he takes it when we refuse to do so. He said, again, reminding you, reminding me, take care, brethren, that there not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called a day, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Therefore, be diligent to enter that rest so that none will fall through the same example of disobedience. Refuse to cave to unbelief. Be a fighter. Go after faith. Go Get the word. Put it in front of you. Get the promise. Speak it with your mouth. Write it in your flyleaf of your Bible. Write it on your refrigerator. Memorize it. And fight for that promise in your life, that promise that you can obey him, that promise that you can honor him, that promise that you can love others, that promise that he's going to take care of the things that concern you. 
Refuse to define yourself as a grasshopper and believe God every day of your life. Thanks so much. I hope you're encouraged by these words. And let me just pray with you. Father, I just thank you that you have given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And we choose right now, Lord, to press into you and to refuse to see ourselves as grasshoppers. No matter what the situation facing us is right now, we're going to choose your word over that situation. We're going to say your word is true. And we are going to hold fast to it like we would, like the woman did to the hem of your garment, God. We will not let go of your plan, your purpose, your love, your faithfulness, your promise over our lives. Thank you, God, that we belong to you, that we're your daughters and your sons. And we love you. Amen. Thanks again. Love you all. Thanks for listening to the Flourish Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. For more information about Flourish, our annual conference, or to join our community of women, visit nrpflourish.com. See you next time.